0: On today's episode of Locked On Oilers, we meet up with Tony Cardasco with Locked On Golden Knights as we preview the second round matchup between the Edmonton Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights. You're Locked On Oilers, your daily podcast on the Edmonton Oilers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day round two gets started between the vegas golden knights and the edmonton oilers as both teams advance after a big first round against the winnipeg jets and the uh, los angeles kings and brett holden from locked on oilers here joined by tony Cardasco from locked on golden knights tony this is going to be an unbelievable second round how are you doing and how are you feeling heading into this second round here
1: Well, I feel great. Uh, And the VGK team, I thought was healthy until uh, on uh, Tuesday, uh, Mark Stone was ailing a little bit after practice, helped off the ice by a trainer. And we won't know his status uh, until perhaps uh, come game day on Wednesday morning. And so uh, pretty interesting day at practice. And, you know, Mark Stone has had a couple of back surgeries. Um, I felt like, well, I call him Mark Stowe because I felt like they just kind of hid them there on LTIR for a while. Then he comes back, you know, after he came back the first time, I thought it was too soon. Uh, Re-injured his back, a different injury. Um, And now who knows? I mean, so that could be the biggest news, uh, you know, of the day heading into uh, the opening game. But it should be an explosive one uh, between that offense of Edmonton and VGK, which, again, Bruce Cassidy really believes that the Golden Knights, in order to win, they're going to have to somehow slow down this engine because I'll tell you what, once Edmonton gets started, it's a major concern for the VGK
0: absolutely and mark stone somebody that i have a lot of questions about so we will get into that we'll talk about some more key players as well on today's episode heading into this series as well also on today's episode we're going to be talking about the biggest storylines for each team to heading into round 2 that will be coming up in a second and we will wrap up with our predictions who will be heading to the western Conference finals, all that and much more coming up on this crossover episode of the road to the 2023 Stanley Cup. Unlocked on, on Oilers and locked on Vegas Golden Knights. Now, Tony. What is the biggest storyline for Vegas heading into this series? There's a lot for both teams, and this is the first time both teams are facing each other in the playoffs. So that can be one of them, too. But heading into it from the Vegas side, what are you really looking at heading into a game one for uh,
1: the Vegas Golden Knights? Well, you know, for VGK, Brett, I think that the biggest storyline would have to be that this has been a season that's been a bit of a surprise because VGK doesn't have just one superstar player. Uh, And when you look at the way that they've won, it's become a team effort for the Vegas Golden Knights. And I think, you know, you have to start, there's so many storylines, it's going to be a really good television series, I believe, because (laughs) you have to start off with Jack Eichel, in his very first playoffs um, since he and Connor McDavid were the top two draft picks in 2015. And uh, Eichel, I think, used that first series perhaps to get acclimated to the postseason. And now let's see what he can do from there. Uh, The Golden Knights, they missed the playoffs last season. So this is uh, the season where they come back. It's a bounce-back season for the VGK. Uh, And then, you know, a big storyline is these two teams, Nip and Tuck, from the All-Star break on. And they were probably two of the best teams in the National Hockey League after the All-Star break. And it comes down to game number 82 before everything is decided in the Pacific Division. And VGK hangs on. They win it by two points. And we said on Lockdown Golden Knights, myself and Chris Golick, this was a collision course that we felt would definitely be happening. Uh, And, you know, when you talk about a team effort, Jack Eichel was the leading scorer with, what, 66 points? They don't have the same firepower as Edmonton. And so we feel as though one of the storylines will definitely be, how does VGK slow down Edmonton? And it's going to be stopping or slowing them down, if, if they can even do that, through the neutral zone. And a lot will be depending on how the VGK defensemen and the blue liners play. What about your key storylines, Brett?
0: Yeah. And
1: you know what? The big thing for the
0: Edmonton Oilers is trying to make this into a run and gun type game. And you mentioned the play in the neutral zone, and that's probably where this game will be won or lost for each team in potentially each game as well. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers, you mentioned the, the firepower that they have from top to bottom, and they've they've been able to not only get scoring from guys like Leon Drysaddle, and you take a look, because, yes, Connor McDavid did have 10 points in six games, but he still wasn't necessarily Connor McDavid in that series against the LA Kings. In fact, he had the same amount of points as Evan Bouchard In that series. So yeah, the fact that Connor McDavid can still find another level in these playoffs is considerably a a good thing for the Edmonton Oilers, but for also the Edmonton Oilers, they have been able to do it. Outside of again those 29 and 97, Clean Coston with two massive goals in game six to help clinch the the series for the Oilers. Kyle Yamamoto, who has been a guy that people have talked about taking out of the lineup and putting in Dylan Holloway. And now Matthias Janmark is going to be healthy soon for the Edmonton Oilers. Hopefully, most people hope, as he has been a great player defensively for the Oilers. But then who comes out of the lineup there for the Oilers? But again. Yamamoto gets the series winning goal and he, a lot of the doubters are quieted down. And game five, Nick said two goals for himself. Uh, Matthias Ekholm quietly having four assists in the series for the Edmonton Oilers. We can go on and on with the players who have played very well, who have not been named Connor McDavid or Leon Draisaitl. So that has been the big thing for the Edmonton Oilers. I have a question for you, and and you mentioned him off the top here, is Mark Stone. The Edmonton Oilers are a relatively physical team. We saw in the first three games against the LA Kings to the point where they actually had to tone it down for the rest of the series in four, five, six because they were being called on too many retaliatory penalties or or just straight-up roughing penalties in general. You mentioned the health of Mark Stone, and this has been a team that has struggled relatively as well with staying healthy could being the Edmonton Oilers potential physical side that they have. Could that be a a, a big factor in this series
1: for VGK? Well, I have to tell you, like, this is not your father's. Well, your father's probably not alive when VGK started. (laughs) I was going to say your father's uh, VGK team, but this is a team now that Bruce Cassidy brought a very physical element to. And through the first four games in the Winnipeg series, Brett, VGK and, mm. and Winnipeg had over 400 hits in the first four games. <laughs> and so they just were beating the snot out of each other. Then they kind of, uh, they toned it down a little bit. It was like in the 50, 60 range, I think, uh, in the final game of the series. Because by that point, Winnipeg was depleted and they didn't have any players left. <laughs> but this, if it's going to become a physical series, uh, I'm concerned about VGK because of the toll that I thought it took uh, in that first series. And if they didn't get rid of uh, this Winnipeg team uh, in five games, I was just concerned that they could really wear down because again, this isn't their style, this isn't the type of team you know that uh, VGK is. Uh, they have a lot of finesse players, you know on the lineup. I'll tell you one player that's really been able to adapt and adjust under the Cassidy system. I have to start with Jack Eichel because Mm -hmm. Eichel now plays better defensively. I feel as though he did give up a lot of his offensive game. And in that first series against Winnipeg, he found a home in that left circle. And I'll tell you, if that happens, he could be, you know, a potent scorer for VGK. I think he needs to give up a lot of his defense and try to be more offensive uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. But, yeah, it's a concern. And I'm sure we're going to talk about VGK staying out of the penalty box. They are the least penalized team in the National Hockey League. But you could throw that all out uh, because, I mean, hey, this Winnipeg team had five power play goals, Brett. Five in the series, in a five-game series. That concerns me because we know how lethal uh, Edmonton is on the power play. And that was the thing
0: heading into the playoffs, too, is a lot of people said, oh, there's no penalties being called in the playoffs. What do you mean? Uh, The Edmonton Oilers' biggest weakness going into the playoffs is their power play because you don't see power plays. Well, (laughs) we saw an influx of power plays and penalties in general in the first round around the NHL, not just in in both of our series. So, yes, it, it, it is going to be a massive thing for the vegas golden knights to stay out of the box and likewise for the edmonton oilers they also went up against a very potent power play in the la kings and the la kings took advantage of that in the six games to the point where a couple of times the oilers blew two goal leads and a couple of the games actually cost them the game. So that has been a thing that the Edmonton Oilers also have to watch out for. The last storyline that uh, I think we should talk about before we move on to uh, some of our key players to watch in this series is also going to be some of the key players to watch in this series as well. But a key storyline that I think once the trade for Jack Eichel happened everybody wanted to see and now we are seeing it with the 2015 first overall pick Connor McDavid versus the 2015 second overall pick Jack Eichel facing off against each other in the playoffs and we know Connor McDavid is the best player in the world but there is a real argument for Jack Eichel that if it was for or if it wasn't for Connor McDavid jack eichel would be a first overall pick in a lot of other drafts so now we are finally seeing it jack eichel versus connor mcdavid what are you expecting out of this battle between these two absolute superstars of the game
1: well first of all i'd like to see if they actually are each other right Uh, i think that that would be pretty (laughs) interesting because i want to see how they actually play heads up you know on each other and and again Um, who gets the best of the other. And you know that they're going to take this uh, to heart. I think it's going to be a real interesting matchup uh, between the two. And I really look forward to, uh, I think McDavid could get the best of him uh, just because he's just all over the ice and what have you. And I think that um, Eichel's game now currently within this system, I should say, is more contained. And I I just, i like to see him become more offensive because On so many nights when I watch him live, he is by far, to me, the best player on the VGK team. He just glides the way he skates, the way he handles the puck. Uh, We've often joked here on Lockdown Golden Knights about the fact that a lot of the players on the Golden Knights team can't handle his hot passes because he's that good. And he just throws them out in front of the net. A lot of players just can't pick up the puck. So we'll see. I just think uh, he's going to have to play a team game and do what he's been doing all season long. But I also feel for VGK to be competitive. And if they want to win this series, we have to see the best of Jack Eichel absolutely that is unbelievable storylines heading
0: into this second round series but as we mentioned a key matchup heading into the round excuse me are headed by key players and there's a lot of key players heading into this second round and Tony, I have a, a big kind of matchup as well in our key players that I want to propose to you as the Edmonton Oilers are facing off against a familiar face in net in Laurent Bressois So that's called a tease. We will talk about that in just a second. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time tony recently i was in toronto and i was sitting in a certain uh, canadian cafe establishment that i probably shouldn't mention right now but we were sitting there and we're thinking about what we should do that day and i just happened to have a toronto fc match up against atlanta united that morning we got tickets and we got fourth row in the corner and watched richie Lorea score a beautiful goal celebrate right in front of us and we got those tickets that day forget about planning months in advance tony game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football basketball hockey baseball concerts comedy theater and more Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you are set. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code locked on NHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on NHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All righty, Tony. As mentioned, heading into this series, we have Connor McDavid versus Jack Eichel. You mentioned uh, Mark Stone's potential injury as well. The Edmonton Oilers have had some struggling players at five on five, and yet, there's still the conversation to be had about the crease. We're going to leave the crease talk for a little later on. We talked about McDavid and Michael. I want you to give me, first of all, let's start off with some of the underdogs in this series. Give me a key player to watch that people are not expecting for VGK.
1: I think he's sort of a silent assassin, even though he produces and he was an all-star for the Vegas Golden Knights. And you have to talk about Chandler Stevenson, who had four goals and four assists in the last series. And he's just consistent, right? He's a player that is out there now and they put him on the third line. He could play anywhere, right? Uh, Anywhere Mm -hmm. on the ice. He can center any line. And he's just a guy that just plays his heart out. And him and Mark Stone have a certain kind of chemistry, and that is one of the reasons why I think it could come down to the bottom sixes of each team uh, to determine this series. Because perhaps, as Cassidy says, often you have the top two lines often negate each other, and then it comes down to the bottom six. I think that could very much uh, be the case here as well. William Carlson, out of nowhere, had four goals in the last series. And you had better mark him because... A lot of teams, they just don't seem to check him, and he just floats in front of the net. Next thing you know, he's scoring a goal inside, and then um, it's going to be interesting too. So Will Carrier returned uh, the last game, and Bruce Cassidy was faced with a very difficult decision, and he decided to bench Phil Kessel. Now Kessel's not been—he's not been effective. All he cares about, I feel, is his Iron Man streak. And so I don't know if this is going to cause some sort of a disturbance. um, If there's going to be an issue within the clubhouse or what have you, because Kessel was not happy. He wasn't pleased with Cassidy scratching him, but let's face it. Will Carrier came back um, for his first game after being out since March the third. And he's more effective. He's a bigger body. He's stronger and more physical and they're going to need Carrier over Kessel. So that's a pretty interesting deal. And we'll, of course, get into um, talking about goaltenders here in a moment. But give us some of the key players uh, to watch for the Edmonton Oilers. There's many. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can
0: talk about Leon Dreisaitl, who in NHL history has the second most or second best points per game in playoff history. Not Mario Lemieux, not his teammate Connor McDavid or Yamir Yager. or if you can go on with the Rocket Richard. It is Leon Dreisidel behind Wayne Gretzky, and he has continued to look just as good this in these playoffs as well. And that's fair. You can talk about him, but that's boring. Come on. Then you can talk about Connor McDavid, but everybody knows about Connor McDavid too. The Edmonton Oilers need players like Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Zach Hyman specifically to step up at five on five. And those are a couple players to talk about too. But for me, The most underrated player, let's start there, is Nick Bukestad that needs to be big in this series. A very underrated addition for the Edmonton Oilers at the deadline for a a guy who is leading the American Hockey League in goals amongst defensemen for Michael Kesselring as well. And the Edmonton Oilers also got a pretty good player in Cam Dineen in that deal as well. But Nick said has been fantastic for the Oilers and a lot of praise has been given to him, not only for his play on the ice, but for his professionalism and his ability to be a true pro and leader inside the dressing room as well. And this has been big for the Edmonton Oilers to have true character guys in the lineup. A couple of years ago, the well, more than a couple of years ago, I feel much older than I actually am. But a couple, more than a couple of years ago, the Edmonton Oilers had a guy by the name of Matt Hendricks on their team, and Matt Hendricks was a. a, a characters guy a man's man just a leader of men and the Edmonton Oilers when they were first in the playoffs with Connor McDavid in 2017 Matt Hendricks would dress in the uh warm-ups even though he knew he was going to not play as most healthy scratches do but he was specifically in warm-ups there for his presence and leadership amongst the younger players like Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl at the time and Darnell Nurse too nick Bugstad looks up and his idol or or his hockey idol is matt hendricks and for the edmonton oilers his value has been like matt hendricks and his impact has been like a, a ryan nugent hopkins at times to the point where he has been promoted to the second line again we talked about the depth for the edmonton oilers that has to be the key for the oilers for that to continue and their defense needs to be just as good as it was down the stretch But we tease the the goaltending enough here. The Edmonton Oilers fans are familiar with, and Edmonton hockey fans in general are familiar with who they are facing in the second round in Laurent Bressois. Former Edmonton Oiler and former Edmonton Oil King as well who won an Ed Schnauth Cup in the WHL and sent the Edmonton Oil Kings to their first Memorial Cup in a lot of years, more than I can probably count up to. But there's been history there for a couple of reasons but how good has laurent Bressois been for the vegas golden knights down the stretch since his call up here because really he was put into a very difficult position
1: yeah it's really crazy but sean burke has done a terrific job with not only laurent brossois but also with the other goaltenders as well hard to believe that Bressois, was a player that was on waivers earlier this season. And now he's starting in the playoffs. So it's just, it's a crazy story. Uh, But the story for VGK has been its goaltending for sure. And a lot of that has been predicated on how well the defense plays in front of the goalies. Um, You know, it's crazy, but Edmonton this season, uh, you guys started off against uh, Aiden Hill. You've played against him. And then Logan Thompson, who's still injured now, uh, VGK All Star, uh, came back for one game after the All Star break because he got hurt, and that's it, he, he can't get back on the ice. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, the Broswa game, which was the one that VGK uh won, yeah, and then, uh, the, the Jonathan, Jonathan Quick uh disaster, uh, where Edmonton scored six goals, right, I mm-hmm. think, in that game. And so um, it's just been a turnstile at goaltender. And suddenly, Brosois, which is a great story, um, he's, what, 11-1-3, I believe, uh, with VGK this season, out of the clouds. And, you know, back and forth, we were going, okay, well, this is Logan Thompson's net. And then Thompson gets hurt. And then, no, it's Jonathan Quick's net. No, if Aiden Hill's healthy, maybe he starts again. And then... Like, out of nowhere, Brosois, and once he got the net, he just refuses. He's relentless. He refuses Mm -hmm. to give it up, and you really can't blame him for that. And he's just played very well, very smart, very heady. He covers a lot of space there in net, and the defense has helped him out a ton. Uh, The only, like, real bad games, well, uh, the first first and the third game uh, in the series against Winnipeg, first game, BGK lost and he didn't play well, wasn't seeing the puck well. And then uh, game three was where Winnipeg came back and they scored three goals to force that game into overtime. But other than that, he's been pretty solid. I don't have anything bad to say about him, uh, but it's just been crazy. And I think I have to believe Aiden Hill's going to be the number two goaltender. And I want to ask you about this because I really do believe after a certain period of time, uh, I, I think he's going to need a breather And I'm guessing that we will see perhaps Aiden Hill in this series, too, Mm. at least for one game. What are your thoughts? How do you platoon your goaltenders? Yeah, no. And and, uh,
0: the thing is, is I have a lot of feelings around how Stuart Skinner has played since March 1st and then into the playoffs is Stuart Skinner was arguably one of, if not the best goaltenders in the NHL since, again, March 1st down the stretch. 14-1-1 since uh, the NHL trade deadline. Well, actually, since the game that the Edmonton Oilers acquired Matthias Ekholm. 927 uh, percentage and a 2 3 goals against average. And his last regulation loss came on March 11th against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And their last loss in general came against, oh well, the Vegas Golden Knights in over. Overtime. So, Stuart Skinner was lights out down the stretch for the Oilers, leading to that eventual Game 82 battle that we eventually saw too. But against the LA Kings, not as much. It has looked like Stuart Skinner was at times kind of scared of uh, the shots and scared of mostly rebounds. Sometimes it seems like he sees rebounds or sees pucks that come out from behind the net and then reacts to them instead of anticipating the shot and then going out to make the save. Sometimes he gets caught, and and that has been the thing that was the eventual downfall for Stuart Skinner. But in Game 4, the Edmonton Oilers did pull... Stuart Skinner and brought in Jack Campbell and Jack Campbell won the series won the game for the Edmonton Oilers potentially won the series for them and saved their season with his performance in game four if the Edmonton Oilers do get in trouble with Stuart Skinner and the fact that I think that they didn't bring back in um, Jack Campbell in game five giving him the confidence of okay well last time I was brought in I was good enough to to perform. I think the Edmonton Oilers have done well with uh, the the distribution of uh, the goaltending. And if Jack Campbell needs to appear in this series... I think he will do just fine. All righty, let's wrap up with the key players to watch here that we have been chatting up with. We talked about Connor McDavid. We talked about Jack Eichel. We talked about the goaltending. We talked about the underappreciated players. But let's get to the nitty-gritty, the predictions, the burning questions, anything we have left for this series. Heading in to Game 1 of the Western Conference semifinals. We will talk about that in just a second. All righty, Tony, let's wrap up today's episode with, again, It's this is the most exciting time of the year. We are coming out of potentially one of the most exciting first rounds in NHL history, upsets galore, fantastic hockey, fantastic games, fantastic overtime periods, numerous game sevens. How can round two follow that up. And how can this series between the Edmonton Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights, potentially the two favorites to win the Stanley cup coming out of round two, what do you see coming out of this series and how can both teams follow up and, an absolutely
1: bonkers first round? My prediction is Oilers in six, because I just Whoa. feel that there's just too much scoring and we have yet to see the Vegas Golden Knights uh, traditionally, Uh, What we have seen in past uh, previous uh, Cup runs out of uh, the Golden Knights is sooner or later they hit this funk where they can't score. They can't score goals. They're going to have to score goals, and they're going to have to try to match, I think, what Edmonton can do. Um, Riley Smith and Jonathan Marcheseau did not score goals in the last series. Mm -hmm. And so that is of a great concern to me because if they don't score – uh, goals in this series you might as well stick a fork in them and it could be rather early it's going to depend I think uh, this series on the defensive depth of EGK they're going to have to not only play well defensively but they have to join the rush and they're going to have to be offensive uh, the health of Braden McNabb he has a rib injury and he missed the final game of the Winnipeg series and now he came back he's back on the ice he returned uh, to the team on Monday But who knows what his health is like. Uh, We'll see Ben Hutton if he cannot play. And Shea Theodore was ill. He was sick uh, for the final game of the Winnipeg series. So he should be back as well. Um, I think it comes down to the third line, uh, perhaps, or the bottom six. I really do. I I just think that it's going to be a bottom six series. And we're going to have to have someone uh, that steps up. Um, Does Nick Bukestag, does he play very well defensively? Because if somebody gets into it and really uh, tightly checks William Carlson, uh, I feel like you could take him out of the game. We'll get into that, too. You know, when we get back to you, Um, X Factor, I would have to say uh, Michael Amadio had a game winning goal in one of the series uh, wins for the VGK against Winnipeg in overtime. Um, Had 16 goals this past season, and that's another waiver wire find uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. And the power play unit, it just really does concern me uh, for the – I don't care. Vegas can say that they are the least penalized team. It doesn't matter. Every time they go in the box could potentially be um, a position where Edmonton winds up with the score. Um, The penalty kill, I think, is 19th for VGK. A a big series key, too, before I stop rambling here. Um, I'm just, uh, you know, for Edmonton, I saw the stretch. Now they have lost six consecutive game ones. And if VGK gets its confidence, they might win not just game one, but game two. So I think that Edmonton has to have that mentality and that mindset to come in here and try to steal game one uh, right out of the chute. If they can do that. That I think they're definitely in the driver's seat, but I have Edmonton winning in six. Last time I uh,
0: bet against the uh, Edmonton Oilers, or not bet against the Oilers, but said the Edmonton Oilers were not going to win a series. Uh, a lot of locked-on Oilers fans were not
1: happy. So, uh... oh, they hate me. They hate me here, and, and what, <laughs> but they're also but they're also very appreciative. Yes, because, uh, we had a lot of tweets yesterday. We said our predictions would be coming out on the show uh, that aired today and yesterday, you know, uh, I mean, on, on, on Tuesday and a lot of the fans were like, please, please pick the Oilers because (laughs) my record has just been really bad.
0: (laughs) So a little reverse psychology here. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: like it. Yeah. Yeah,
0: No, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, You know what? I'll get it out of the way. I do think that the Edmonton Oilers do win this series. I think outside Of Vegas, it it is the Edmonton Oilers Stanley Cup to win. Yes, the Maple Leafs are very good, but the Edmonton Oilers, just ever since the addition of Ekholm and Bukestad, the Edmonton Oilers are are just heads above – most teams in the nhl and now that defending cup champs are gone and the best team in the regular season is gone and you can go on and on and on about the teams who are not there anymore i think the edmonton oilers are the team to beat so going off that ideal uh, i guess or ideology or whatever you may come about i think the edmonton oilers do in this series I Six games, I think, is fair. I, I could see, again, if the Edmonton Oilers do hit their stride. Last time these two teams played, we haven't really mentioned. Yeah, Uh it's Jonathan Quick allowed six goals, and uh Laurent Persoix allowed one in the third period as well. So the Edmonton Oilers did score a touchdown and the conversion as well in the last time these two teams played. And the thing about that, too, is that It came at the T-Mobile Arena, and that may be a factor for the Edmonton Oilers, but that is uh, an unbelievable arena. So we'll see. It's not something that the Edmonton Oilers are used to in the playoffs because this is the first time that these two teams have met, and I know that arena is absolutely bumping in the playoffs. So there's that point. But you mentioned Nick Bukesad as well, and he's one of those key acquisitions for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, yeah, Nick said is a good defensive forward for the Edmonton Oilers. In the playoffs so far, he. Uh, so I'm not a big analytics guy, but there's only one analytic that I kind of stand by, and it's goals for per 60 minutes and goals against per 60 minutes, which basically puts everybody on the same platform. If you were to play 60 minutes, how do you uh, uh, impact the game offensively or defensively? Nick said so far this year. His goals against per sixty minutes in the playoffs sits at zero. Mm. Since being acquired by the Edmonton Oilers in the regular season in nineteen games, he was the second best Edmonton Oiler behind none other than Devon Shore uh, at goals against per sixty minutes at a one point six two. Trailing him was Matthias Ekholm at one point six three. The Edmonton Oilers have made acquisitions that not only have made them better in the neutral zone in their own end, as well as preventing goals, but These players have also helped with the transition game for the Edmonton Oilers. Their play with the puck, Matthias Eckholm, has made Evan Bouchard miles better. It was unbelievable. He looks like a 10th overall draft pick where he was selected, or eighth. I believe he was 10th overall because uh, I believe Broberg was eighth. It's one of those two. Flip them around. Here we are. But, uh, he looks like that draft pick that everybody expected him to be, and that has been because of the additions of guys like Matthias Ekholm and Nick Buchstad because the movement of the puck is better. The Tyson Berry chains are no longer on Evan Bouchard, and he helped lead the Edmonton Oilers to a historic... Power play, like you mentioned, and 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 just the ability to see the growth of this team. Matias Janmark is going to be healthy for the Edmonton Oilers at some point in these uh playoffs. And Matias Yanmark has been quietly the Edmonton Oilers' best or one of the Edmonton Oilers' best defensive forwards. At times was playing top six minutes with uh Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Leon dreisaitl and has played unbelievable hockey and was thoroughly missed by the Oilers in the first uh, round. So he's another player that the Oilers uh, really will need to to see a lot of. The big player for the Edmonton Oilers who needs to be better, we talked about Ryan Nugent Hopkins at 5-on-5, five five. we talked about Stuart Skinner, but it's Vinny DeHarnay. Vinnie DeHarnay was a guy who was brought in in about January. He was called up after the Edmonton Oilers and sent down Neymar and it wasn't really working out. He was a player who was selected by the Edmonton Oilers seventh round way in back when I believe he was the same draft as Yesapoli Pugliarvi. It seems like we went through a movie and a sequel and the dang entire trilogy with Yesapoliarve. And then Vinny DeHarnay comes in and he had a very good season for the Edmonton Oilers, changing the way the Edmonton Oilers play defensively and making them very tough to play against in their own end, making sense because he's six foot seven. But in that first series, he has been, uh, his, his inexperience showed bad penalties, uh, got absolutely danced at the blue line by Victor Arvidsson in game four, eventually benched in game four uh, as the Edmonton Oilers would come back and win the game. But his lack of uh, ability to play physical was there in that first round. But again, he's six foot seven and he isn't scared to throw that body. I think he is going to be a quiet player to watch an x-factor potentially if he's able to be like you mentioned if, if william carlson or even if mark stone is banged up in the series and he goes up in a board battle against the, the iron giant i mean what else are you supposed to do so i think there's a lot of big things for uh literally for the vegas golden knights to watch out for for the edmonton oilers defenseman
1: well, you know, another area of concern is Evander Kane. Um, yeah. He won't have, he'll have an extra day perhaps to try to pick up a marker here <laughs> at one of the casinos. Oh, 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 there it is. No, but I mean, if if you do battle strength against strength on that top line and you have Kane battling stone, mm-hmm. um, that could get rather gnarly, you know, to be quite honest with you. And just again, uh, Kane with the forecheck, He's been an absolute beast. And I heard McDavid say how uh, Kane has helped to keep the puck alive and in the zone, and then they can just finish it off. And so that definitely concerns me as well. The matchups to me uh, don't really look that great on paper uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. And I just have to be honest about it. I'm taking Edmonton again in six. (laughs) Fair
0: enough. Hey, But as we've seen all over the NHL in these playoffs, A lot of things have shocked us everywhere. So, Tony, appreciate it again. We are in the midst of uh, one of the best playoffs ever, and that is not going to end when the Edmonton Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights face off in the Western Conference semifinals in Game 1 in Vegas. I can't wait. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thanks, Brett. Appreciate it.